0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs. England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India, with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan, and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England, with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart, Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour, good luck to both sides, may the best team win.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It's another edition of the India against England daily podcast. I am James Butler, the cricket badger. Joined today by two of the English fan badgers. It's Ash Turner and Rito Mitra. Rito, start with you. We talked a little bit about the T20s coming up, five games in Ahmedabad yesterday. How much are you looking forward to this series ahead?
2: Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to this series, James. As we England are, are coming back on the back of three test losses so a bit like a refreshment to the, from the longest format and this is going to be a very critical series for England as well as when Morgan has mentioned that he's looking at it as ideal preparation for the T20 World Cup later in the year so huge for England
1: he's also said turning tracks he, he doesn't mind if Ahmedabad spins a little bit because he wants to get a proper dress rehearsal in this series he doesn't want it to be English conditions particularly in Ahmedabad he wants to kind of get tested against what they might face in the autumn
2: yeah so five matches in the, on the same ground so obviously the pitches from the third or fourth game will take a bit of turn so that should give England ideal preparations and looking at the pitches in India generally in T20 matches they kind of hold together other than if you go to Chennai or somewhere like that other that's where the pitches turn big even for T20 matches otherwise they hold good
1: Ask yourself, are you going to be glued to the uh, the five games? Are you What in particular are you looking for from this series?
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to, to watch it. It's going to be interesting to see how England, I guess, almost structure aside is what I'm looking for. I think we sort of know what the batting's probably going to look like. I think we know that Archer, Jordan and Masheed are probably more or less nailed on to be the bowlers, but it's what we do with that sort of seven and eight spot that's going to interest me. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about whether you go with Corrin, and Ali. I think that it's a really, really big series for both of them. I think they could secure their spot really at this in this series for the World Cup so it'll be interesting to see what Morgan chooses to do I know it's been mentioned by a few people that obviously back in the 2016 tournament we almost got lucky in the fact that we spent our first half of the tournament somewhere where it didn't particularly spin much and that probably aided us so it'll be interesting to see if how we do against against a sort of more increased spin-friendly wicket.
1: That's the concern from England side of things, really. If you look at the white ball trajectory of England, it's definitely on the up. Winning the World Cup was obviously a massive, uh, massive achievement. And, and that England side's very confident they they know how to play white ball cricket. But I guess the one potential banana skin for an English team is if they get on a rank turner, they can collapse. And they have done that in the past. You know, d- despite what happens either side of that game, they can throw in a bad one if it turns.
0: Yeah that's the, the the worry I think not only for our batting that we may struggle batting on on a ranked turn but more importantly who is it going to be our bowling option because Marion Ali is our second spinner and we haven't got any other spinners at the moment which I think's partly down to Liam Dawson still coming back from injury but we we look a little weak in that in that sort of area and if you're on a ranked team and you want to be picking at least two spinners that you can trust to not only obviously be reasonably economic but also get, get wickets especially early on and I think that's probably more England's concern at the moment is making sure that hopefully Marin Ali refines his form and does well. But if he doesn't, what what's gonna be the option there? Obviously in England it's not too bad when you replace it with Sam Curran who can swing the ball and gives that left arm option. But in India on a ranked turner, it's it's unlikely that Sam Curran's gonna have the same effects.
1: It, it's gonna be interesting to see Sam Curran in action, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, he's become one of the key members of the, the CSK side in the IPL. But he hasn't actually played that many white ball games for England. He, He's very much played test cricket above the white ball so far. His brother, Tom, has been the, the white ball man in the Curran family. But I saw his comments, uh at, you know, the break that he's had, quite an extended break because they couldn't get him back to India for the, the test matches. So he's saying that he's benefited from that and he's raring to go. So as you say, it's, it's a big opportunity for him to impress Owen Morgan, isn't it? You know, the Indians know what he's about and they'll be a, a little bit wary of him. But I'm not so sure the England camp knows as much really about Sam Curran and the white ball.
0: No, I think that's it. Sam, although he's done really well in the IPL, and let's be honest, it it seems he was a complete shot pick in the IPL a couple of years ago. It seemed as if, well, I think it was even said that they possibly got the wrong current, but he's done so, so well. I
1: bet his brother at North Hunts wishes he could get picked by accident as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he would happily take that. But as a left arm swing option, he's almost come in as a replacement as well for David Willey, which the big boots to fill. Willey had done a really, really good job for England and I think many people would probably still be considering picking him. So it's a big chance for Curran, both with bat and ball, to show that that number seven spot deserves to be his and actually maybe make Moeen Ali fight it out with one of the seamers for the number eight spot instead.
1: How do you see Sam Curran-Rito? Um, obviously, we've seen him in the IPL last year. He was one of the few plus points for a CSK side that really experienced their well their, their worst campaign in the IPL ever, didn't they? Curran came um, out of that with his reputation enhanced. MS Dhoni obviously thinks that he's got something about him that can be quite key to CSK's future in that competition. But with England, as I say, he's not quite nailed down a white bulls spot yet, but he's certainly got something about him hasn't he?
2: You mentioned that he was probably one of the few spots uh, bright spots for CSK in the campaign. and I thought he was only one of the two bright spots for CSK, that was him and Rithuraj Kaikor, otherwise it was a complete shopping which, tournament for them.
1: Which which for CSK, you know, if you're going to have two bright spots, it might as well be some of the youngsters man. not.
2: Now they're looking to overhaul their campaign in the next ca- season probably. Yeah, coming back to Sam Curran, he has become a really good, improved cricketer under MS Tony and he has done that with many cricketers MS Dhoni now he has openly has said that he has improved a lot since joining teaming up with CSK and that will hold us England in good stead going into that T20 World Cup and into the series he probably is that pinch hitter kind of he can play that pinch hitter kind of role and a left arm swing option for Owen Morgan is obviously valuable.
1: MSD is such a legendary figure Uh, In Indian cricket or in world cricket, really, that if you're a youngster, which Sam Curran is, you forget that he's still only how old is Sam Curran? He's not very old, is he? Twenty-two,
2: I guess.
1: Yeah. If you're a youngster like that and you're in a dressing room with somebody as big as MSD and MSD trusts you, throws the ball to you in you know in key moments, and he seems to enjoy batting with you because Sam Curran kind of edged up that CSK batting order last year. That's a major feather in your cap. That must fill fill you with a lot of confidence as a young player to have somebody like MSD effectively endorsing you and approving what you're doing.
2: Yeah. Speaks a lot about Sam Curran. Even M. S. Tony in a couple of press conferences said that he is the bright spot for C. S. K. Think about what it has done to the confidence of Sam Curran. We have talked about what the England management have done to the confidence of Dom Best. Think those statements about M. S. Dhoni speaking about Sam Curran. How nice he must be feeling now. Well, hopefully, he it translates into brilliant performances for England for, from Sam Curran. <laughs> and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle if you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger
1: Thank you very much indeed to Black Rat Cricket for their support of these podcasts. And they've joined forces with the Badger. It's the Rat and the Badger, giving you a fantastic opportunity to win a classic bat. That bat could be yours. It's between 2.09 to 2.11 pounds, butterfly, willow, handmade, UK made, and it'll come to your door, knocked in and ready to go for the season ahead. If you want to win that cricket bat and score some runs with Black Rat Cricket this summer, We need you to do three things. You need to be following the at cricket underscore Badger Twitter feed. You need to be following at Black Rat Cricket on Twitter too. And then you need to email the answer of this question to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Which player scored a double century in the first test match of the current India versus England series? Which player scored a double century for England in the current India versus England test match series. Send that answer and your name and address to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Don't forget, you need to be following at cricket underscore badger and at black rat cricket on Twitter. Good luck, everybody. That bat could be yours. The draw will be made after the final one-day game in this current India versus England series.
2: It's their badger style.
1: And Ash, looking at England's side there, there's quite a number of them that have played in the IPL in the past and are indeed going to be there in, in a month's time to play in this next edition of that competition I've seen Geoffrey Boycott saying it's a scandal that England aren't prioritising test cricket over the IPL plenty of other people have waded into that debate as well first and foremost the New Zealand series was inked in after long after the IPL um, squads were finalised so it's a little bit unfair to signal out the players that are in this edition of the IPL in a very strange year yeah so much cricket this year it's, it's just ridiculous and very doubtful that we'll have similar years in the future hopefully and because COVID will go away and it will certainly be managed the IPL PL as well, does give a lot of these players experience, doesn't it? They're sharing dressing rooms with some of the greats of the game, Sam Curran and MSD being one of the obvious examples there. They are playing in high-pressure T20 competitions, the IPL is about as intense as it gets really. England are only benefiting really from having players in the IPL, particularly this year in India when the World T20 is going to be in India. It it seems, when when we talk about England prioritising the the white bull at the end of this series to India above the test series, there's the one obvious reason for that, is because they are in Indian conditions ahead of a World T20. That's when you want your squad to be together.
0: Yeah, I I have literally no issue at all with with what England have done in terms of prioritising this white ball series and prioritising the IPL and getting the players that experience in the IPL now, on as you say, in a year where we are going to play a World Cup, where we should be one of the two favourites alongside India, in India, it just, it, it makes sense. And yes, I know it's not ideal, that some of them may miss the New Zealand Tests. You have got the chance that probably three of your biggest players are going to miss, miss out on the New Zealand Tests the New Zealand tests in reality have been added in late been added in after all the IPL was sorted if we're we're being really honest it's just there as a money making exercise to try and regain a bit of the money lost last year for the ECB
1: there's nothing wrong with that Ash either is there there's a massive hole in the coffers after the COVID and if the ECB are able to cram in a few extra series get a few more grand in that bank account rotate the players so they they can cope with that workload I don't see an issue with that
0: no neither do I I think in reality people have to accept that the economics and the finances of the game are just as important as what actually happens on the pitch because what happens on the pitch doesn't happen at such a high quality if there isn't all that financial backing behind it and so taking the opportunity to squeeze in an extra two tests that helps out New Zealand it helps out us financially I don't have a problem with that because people keep complaining and saying well if Jofra Archer isn't playing and Ben Stokes isn't playing then it's not top quality cricket but we're lucky that in this day and age you look at the England squad and yeah Ben Stokes is a big miss more on the balance he gives the side but if Geoffrey Archer misses out and Mark Wood plays instead or Ollie Stone I am not actually that much really that bothered I don't think it particularly weakens you and so that's where England are looking I think taking advantage of that strength and depth and those different options so that we can improve the finances of the game after what has been a horrific year that no one could have forecast I I don't see any issue with that at all
1: So, so Michael Vaughan's comments the other day on on his uh, Vaughan and Tuffer's show about the rest and rotation policy and and first and foremost nobody was complaining about rest and rotation at all when England went 1-0 up after beating Sri Lanka went 1-0 up in India everything was fine with the rest and rotation then England then lost three test matches and all of a sudden rest and rotation called into question as as the reason why what Vaughan and Tufnell were saying was that you can't then Chris Silverwood's come out and said that if they have to they'll continue to rest and rotate through the ashes in the winter where do you stand on that ash if it's right now then surely it's right in the ashes too but the ashes is seemingly the pinnacle of test cricket as far as England and Australia are concerned
0: well I'll be totally honest to say myself and Michael Vaughan's opinion often uh, differ shall we say on Twitter and I, I can't say I agree with them on, on this one I think Silverwood's made it clear it's if it is needed now obviously England are prioritising and the Red Bull, the ashes we always do whether that's right or wrong and I know lots of Indian fans especially disagree with it and feel that you should prioritise playing the number one side at all times and I can understand that argument and that's a completely different thing but if we're prioritising the Ashes yes, obviously the whole aim is that you go into the Ashes with your best team available for five tests however we all know that if the bubbles around that is not going to be possible you can't force from I think the beginning of December is it all the way through to mid to end of Jan force people to, to stay in that bubble it just would not work it would not be possible without seriously damaging the mental health of people and that's not fair I think the other thing that's been missed is, is that there's always going to be rotation in a five test series we saw with Australia against India they chose to not rotate their bowlers and it ended up probably costing them in a four test series because Mitchell start was struggling and you, you maybe think if Possibly to put Patterson in for a test or two, may have been a slightly different result. I don't think resting and rotating of fast bowlers, which is again, I think, something that Silverwood was trying to allude to, and we've done for a long time, is an issue at all because it's just how you have to do it to ensure peak performance from from your best players in every game.
1: I think Chris Silverwood would have been better off answering that question by saying we don't know yet and just leaving it vague, um, because he's given the anti-rest and rotation brigade the chance to criticise already. He by coming out and saying that, you know, we, we might have to. But Rito, in, in terms of the Ashes, we've, we, we're we kind of talking about the balance between white ball and red ball. And Owen Morgan's obviously got what he wants in India, really, more than Joe Roop's got what he wants in India over the last few weeks, because Owen Morgan's got pretty much a full strength white ball squad there. And um, because the World T20 is just around the corner, so that makes sense a little bit. But you'd imagine, you know, if we're still in COVID bubble times by the time England get down under in the winter, that maybe that changes a little bit and Joe Root gets what he wants because the white ball maybe takes second billing then
2: yeah I think Joe Root will want his best players down in Australia he did a polite inquiries with George Tobella at the start of the Indian series and he said what he would take a win in India or win in the Ashes he said I've already tested win in India so winning the Ashes Down Under is one of my if I I can achieve it it would be one of my greatest achievements so I think probably Joe Root will ask when Morgan and the English management set up if they have a chance of regaining the Ashes Down Under to have his best players available at all times They they don't
1: just throw these squads together everybody's very quick to criticise selections and stuff like that but there there will be some serious um, work gone into actually trying to plan these rest and rotations and plan the bubbles and plan the squads so that everybody is given a little bit of a break here and there they're not daft the England coaches they don't get those jobs by just being dragged off the street but you can imagine the conversations ahead of the India series being Owen Morgan saying look guys the World T20 is coming up I need my team in in India and Joe Root maybe saying yeah fair enough but you can imagine then the same conversations ahead of Australia with Joe Root saying come on Owen this is the ashes now I need my full strength test side you maybe can take second billing like I say with with your squad on this one it it just makes sense doesn't it prioritise at the right times?
2: Probably by then, the T20 World Cup will be over by the, by the time of the Ashes. So if England hopefully have won it, then a lot of players have been already burnt out. So how do they manage those workloads? It will be interesting to again see. And probably England will need two fast bowlers at all times on the park in Australia. It, at one end, probably Jimmy Anderson and brought to do the hold-up hold up role. And two fast bowlers, that, maybe that might be archer, wood, or stone, any one of those, any two of those, really.
1: BlackRatCricket.com, handmade English willow bats. They do have a cashmere range for bats to 4 starter kit all the way to pro-level kits. They're based in Yorkshire, there is team wear available, and there is a new signature range coming soon in February that's made by cricketers for cricketers make 2021 count with black rat cricket And that, that What Rito just said there, Ash, is, is the issue really, isn't it? It's the ones that play all formats. you Joss Butlers, you're Archers. I mean, Chris Wokes is playing certainly in the squad for the IPL too. Sam Curran as well. Yeah, By the time you get through to the Ashes there, that's a long time in bubbles that these guys have had. Coming out of the World T20, some of them are going to probably have to turn around and say, I need a break from this. You know, I want to play in the Ashes, but is that actually possible for everybody? They're going to have to be very careful, aren't they, with how they monitor that because they want to put their best 11 out in every single test match in the Ashes I'm sure they will but that might not be possible
0: Yeah I think that's the thing I think what people maybe don't realise is that mental health is clearly as important as physical health and so just like they could pick up physical injuries I think we've got to almost look at it as if there's a chance that they might suffer from physical fatigue but it's also about mental fatigue and mental injuries I think we need to accept that you may not have your what is your best 11 today may not be available on that first game and that might be no one's fault at all and nothing to do with the rest of the rotation it's just something that happens and I think people are getting a little bit too caught up in the and the whole debate about the ashes in reality it's a long time away hopefully the world's going to be a complete different place come sort of December time because hopefully COVID is less of a problem bio-bubbles aren't really something we need to worry about now and, and it, it it loosens things up it makes things a bit easier but as you say I think it's been quite clear from both Ruth and Morgan speaking to the media that they've obviously sat down at the back end of last year or even possibly last summer and gone Luke what is your priority what is your priority brilliant where do you think that key prep is they've picked it out and they've tried to obviously plan out as much as possible so that there is regular and long enough breaks to ensure that both the physical and mental health of the players is as good as possible for those two huge events at the
1: end of year like i say ash it's not it's not just thrown together this is it you know they don't just throw darts at a board and think right yeah it's landed on chris wokes he plays it doesn't work like that the mental health side of things as well it The brain's a muscle and it's one of the most important muscles. I think um, probably 90, once you get to a certain level, probably 90% of the game is played in your head. It's do I think I'm good enough? Do I make the right decisions at the right time in matches? All of that gets called into question. If your brain is slightly damaged because you've been in a bio bubble, if you're feeling sort of mental fatigue because you've been in a bio bubble, that sharpness of thinking that you need at the very top level to make the right decisions at the right time to capitalize on certain instances in a test match or or a white ball game if that level goes down a little bit we're not going to be seeing the best people we could have Don Bradman out there but if he's by a bubble fatigued and he's only operating on 50% he's not the Don Bradman that you want to see out there
0: exactly I think this is what people may be don't quite realise because I guess in a way mental health hasn't been spoken about in this way until very recently and so I don't think it quite clicks in people's heads that this is why they are doing it because we not only need to be 100% physically fit but 100% mentally fit as you say at the top top level in any sport actually when it comes down to it fitness and technique there's very little in it between one player and another what makes the difference is going to be that mental aspect and as you say whether it comes down to confidence whether it comes down to clarity of thought all those things are going to be affected by, by fatigue and I think that's clearly what England are trying to now ensure Morgan always speaks about these little 1% and I think the mental side is more than just a little 1% actually when it comes down to these major tournaments and these major series and
1: It's a massive chunk of it isn't it? It's a massive chunk of it the mental side of it especially in a, in a pressure cooker like the Ashes which for a lot of the players will be you know, as big a test series as they've ever played in, you need your mental side of it right, otherwise you will lose. It's as simple as that. It really is. And Rita, you see Rishabh Pant in the in the last test and in, in recent test matches, he's tend, tended to have scored his runs when his teams really needed them. And he's used his brain, he's used his shot selection, he's taken on the, at the right time, he's defended at the right time. That clarity of thought that's in Rishabh Pant at the moment, if you suddenly take that away from him and he's tired and he's fatigued and he's mentally shot by being in hotels for ages, he won't be the, anywhere near that kind of player. You, you need to look after these guys, keep them in one piece and then we'll see the performances like Rishabh Pant's given us.
2: One thing about this mental health issue, even when players are scoring runs, when even when they're in form, they might not enjoy the game and Glenn Maxwell has been quite open about his mental health issues I remember a knock against Sri Lanka in Adelaide a couple of years ago when he scored a quick fire 60 and the next day I saw a headline saying that Glenn Maxwell has taken an indefinite break due to mental health issues I said what's wrong with him he then obviously said that even though I'm scoring runs but still I'm not enjoying it and that's the thing that matters the most to the players that they need to enjoy the game they might be scoring runs they might be taking tickets, but still are they enjoying what they're doing out there in the field well,
1: You tend to find don't you in any walk of life whatever you're doing whether you're presenting a podcast whether you are working down the pit, if you're enjoying your day, you're going to be more productive. It's just, it just follows, doesn't it? That if you're in a happy headspace and you're enjoying what you're doing, you are probably going to be far more productive with what you're actually getting out at the other end of it. So it just makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? hygiene appearance attractiveness confidence simply go to manscape.com quote the discount code badger you get 20 percent off you get free shipping and you get some seriously quality equipment manscape.com together we save balls Let's move on to Alex Hales. They've been talking about Alex Hales. We've been talking about him on the Big Bash podcasts. He obviously top scored in that tournament. We've been talking about Alex Hales for some time now, haven't we, in terms of when will he finally be forgiven by Owen Morgan? Will England ever open the door back to him? There's no doubt Alex Hales is one of the finest white ball cricketers in the world. You look at his record in T20 internationals, he's still got the highest score for England. His average is higher than any other players that are out there in India at the moment in that squad. He's a terrific player. I don't think there's any side in the world wouldn't be benefited from having Alex Hales in their World T20 squad. It's just whether that door is going to... Seems to have gone a little bit ajar now from what I mean, Morgan, Joss Butler and a few others have said, Ash. But will we see it burst open? There's a talk of about a training camp that he might be invited to, to try and re himself to the, the England setup and reintroduce himself to that. Is it too soon to see him back into the World T20? I'd pick him, but will England?
0: I would certainly pick him. I don't think uh, there's been any debate in my head for a while now. I get the impression. I think both Butler and Smith make it sound like they'd be open to it, but Morgan's interview makes me feel like it's a lot less likely. I think we might see him involved in a few training camps. I think possibly next year, he might then get himself into a couple of squads looking ahead at the next T20 World Cup, possibly, but it seems like from what more and saying I just don't seem unless Jason Roy or someone else at the top of the order has a really really bad series now they don't seem to well or Owen Morgan doesn't seem to rate him quite high enough to jettison him back in that quickly and so as much as I'd love to and as much I think you probably will get invited to a few training groups in the summer and as much as Smith and Butler make it sound like it's more than possible I still get the inkling that we're looking at being more like next year that we actually see him back in an England shirt properly
1: He's 32 now Rito. you know if, if this goes on another year another two years even another three years while Owen Morgan is still captain of England's whiteboard teams then you get to the this- stage where he's 34-35 and you're thinking it's probably better to throw in a youngster and give him the give him the role because you know, we're not going to get too much more out of Alex Hales it does seem a, di- a crying shame doesn't it that somebody of his talent is being wasted
2: yeah he has just got better and better Alex since that uh, issue with uh, recreational drug, I- drug issues he has played all this kind of leagues and the T20 stuff and he has just got better as an opener and I think uh, I really think England are missing out on a really power hitter over there at the top of the order who can And just blast away bowling attacks. And not only will England think that he has gone a bit. Too old now to pick him, and even Alex Hales. Once he once he reaches 34, 35, that's when he'll think that to himself that my international career is now just over. I will just play all the T20 leagues now. It's it's not going to happen anymore.
1: Ashley seems to be the, the two failed drugs tests are, are well documented. They shouldn't have been because they were broken by a newspaper and two. And if you fail two drugs tests in the as a professional cricketer under the ECB's guidelines, that stays anonymous until you fail a third one, and that's where it bursts on and you get a, a serious suspension. So Hales was a little. A bit unfortunate on that count but he was obviously involved in the Bristol scenario with Ben Stokes there's uh, a relationship that he had that broke up quite publicly in Barbados where he was cheating and I think Owen Morgan's wife was uh, a friend of the uh, injured party what's the phrase the, uh, the cheated on girl that Alex Hales ended up um, breaking up with there's more than just the two failed drug tests in all this I think and I think it's taking a lot for Owen Morgan to be convinced isn't it
0: yeah I think that's becoming more and more clear about by by every interview and everything that comes across it's it's wrong to say but I almost feel like the the two drugs tests as you say shouldn't shouldn't have been sort of released to the public it seems as if they're being used almost as an excuse now there's an elephant in the room and it's clearly either something to do with Bristol or something to do with the fact that he ended up in I think it was the Sun newspaper as a love rat basically now in any other sport, let's be honest if we look at football if that was one of England's Starting 11 did be back in the team the next week. Yeah, and um, I think
1: you look at Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood. Yeah, you know, they they had that issue. Gareth Southgate punished them quickly, but Phil Foden will be back in the next England squad as soon as it's announced. You can guarantee it. There seems to be a lot more as you say, personal issues on the line with Alex Hales?
0: Yeah, there's got, you just feel like there's got to be, because there doesn't seem now, as you say, in in football and any other sport, I'm sure by now there'd been enough time. We're now a couple of years down the line and we're still talking about old oh, time as a heel adder. It feels, and I think Morgan gave it away by saying that he received a text but not actually had a conversation with Hales, which suggested he hadn't bothered texting him back. It is really down to one man and one man not obviously not liking the other <laughs> should it be for me no I think it should it's it's about what's the best 11 that you can put out there clearly it, the ECB whoever's the management team are, are backing are backing Morgan at the moment and it's, I can only say it's going to be interesting to see what happens especially if he isn't chosen and then it come, come the World Cup we we miss out and maybe one of the top three has a poor tournament I think it'll be very very interesting to see how the, the mood may change
2: you are listening to the Cricket Badger podcast.
1: I get a lot of responses on, on Twitter, Rito. When I ever say something that Alex Hale should be back in that England side, a lot of people say, well, he's had these chances. So basically, just been in. Very dismissive. And a lot of people say, well, we won the World Cup without him. But if you actually go through that World Cup campaign, there was a period when they lost to at Headingley and everything was a little bit on a a knife edge for a while. They didn't find it particularly easy um, to get through to that final as it turned out. And they did and they won it. And yeah, fair play to them. And Owen Morgan takes a lot of credit for that. You can also argue they might have won it a lot easier if Alex Hales had been part of that squad. You don't know, do you?
2: England's World Cup campaign was on the brink of being a disastrous one, with James Wien's been out of form and when Jason Roy tore his hamstring. That's where you need your best players on the park. These are all professional players. You deal away with your personal stuff off the ground, off the field. You don't bring them to the field and you want to perform for your country when major trophies for the country I get a bit of point why these cricketers tend to linger on with this issue is probably international cricket has played for a long time more than say international football how many matches do they, do England play in football a year probably 10 12 not more than that
1: the, the thing is Rita as well that when you're on tours and you're away for two or three months together in a bio bubble in particular you are spending a lot of time with these guys it's not like football where you jump on the coach you play your 90 minutes and you go back and then you're away the next day these are together for a, a significant period of time fair chunk of that is social time as well isn't it
2: yeah, that's why cricketers need to be comfortable with their friends with whom they are uh, sharing the field with really you can't on a tour you don't want to want things to go bad from there it, and it looks like a major PR breakdown for the team so they want to deal it out as long as behind the doors and probably Alex Hill's coming back into the squad in the summer or something is I would like to see
1: Ash you, you look at Owen Morgan as captain you know He's obviously got a massive um, amount of credit in the bank. He's led his nation to the World Cup uh, success, for goodness sake. Yeah, nobody's done that before in an England shirt. Only Paul Collingwood has won an ICC Global Tournament, but he did it on home soil. He did it in such dramatic fashion. You can understand why everybody trusts in Owen Morgan. But he could say this is maybe the one kind of black mark against his captaincy really because surely if you are the, the fully fledged 100% perfect captain nobody is of course um, you should be able to heal these rifts and, and and sort it out but then again as Rito suggests there is the flip side of that he is the leader of a team that he trusts in and at the moment he doesn't trust in Alex Hale so you can see both sides of that can't you?
0: Yeah the argument is clear for, for both sides and I think you can understand both sides arguments and I think that's why it has to come down to I guess in the end and what is going to give England the best chance of winning the World Cup? For many people, for some people that will be trusting in your captain, backing your captain, and even if that means having a slightly weaker player, the captain's happy and he can trust in it and he believes in it, then that's what some people go with. Other people, myself and glue, will want the best 15, 16 players there and won't want to take that weaker option. It is difficult because, obviously, especially with the bio-bubbles and With it being such long tournaments away from home and series away from home, you do need to get on in some way but again <laughs> conversely you could argue it is their job at the end of the day they are paid to, to be there and so
1: nobody in your office likes you Ash do they but you still get passed. well that's no shock <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean the, the thing with Alex Hales though is that the World T20 is not that far away now is it they've got a number of games in the run up to that obviously is warm up and build up and putting their preparations in together you know, if Alex Hales is going to play in that World T20 he's got to be part of that otherwise he's going to be on the back burner like you say until after that tournament's done because I mean, Morgan won't want him to be a last-minute call-up to that team and unsettle the kind of the balance that they've created in the uh, next few months as the World T20 approaches. So it's going to be really interesting to see that, how they go with the Alex Hales thing. I think he'll be on the battle burner until at least after the World T20, if not into next year, as Ash and Rito have said coming to the end of this podcast, we've not really spoken about the five games in Ahmedabad. We did yesterday on that. Obviously, that starts tomorrow with the first T20 International. Very quickly, though, Ash and Rito, your predictions for that five-match tournament. As we said yesterday, it's going to be quite close. These are two very good sides. I ended up the podcast yesterday by saying no scoreline would surprise me. I think England could quite easily win it. I think India could quite easily win it, and everything in between is possible. But if you were going to give me a score prediction for the five T20 International series, Ash, where would you go with that?
0: I'd go England and I'm going to go on the safe side I'm going to say 3-2 That's
1: another 3-2 We've had three fan badges so far they've all said 3-2 Rito, are you going to make it 4?
2: I think we could see a lot of Super Overs in this series but as an England fan I am not going to accept anything other than an England win in the series after a subpar test series so 4-1 for England 4-1 4-1
1: from Rito then. Well, I'm going to stick my neck on the block now. I've been very vague by saying every result possible. I think India, as an IPL fan, I know some of these players are coming in and they are terrific players. Could be really tough for England, I think, in those conditions. But I agree with Rito. It could be a really, really, some really tough tight games as we go through this series but I'm going to go 3-2 to India That we'll see where that takes us thank you to Ash and Torito for joining me on today's podcast we're back into the action tomorrow Badges out there so we'll see some action on the green stuff with Owen Morgan coming up against Virat Kohli in the first of five T20 internationals we'll be back straight after that game with our reflections on how that first match has gone really looking forward to seeing some cricket again after what seems like a while doesn't it since that fourth test match finished thank you for listening everybody thank you for all your your nice comments as well getting some really good feedback on the daily podcast so stay listening as we go through the rest of this England tour of India and then not long after that we'll be into the IPL dailies as well so plenty more to come on the Cricket Badger podcast I've been James the Cricket Badger and I'll see you again tomorrow
0: thanks for listening we will be back every day during England's tour of India Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.